Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. First John chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, the Bible says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Let's read it again. First John 3, 10. In this the children of God are manifested, they're made known, and the children of the devil are made known. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Notice in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifestly seen and declared. This is a very important and essential element, scripture, component of discerning who is of God and who's not of God. First of all, beginning with our own heart, allowing the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to discern whether or not we ourselves are truly the children of God. And here it is, whosoever doeth not not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. The earmark proof that you are a believer is that you love the brethren. Listen to verse 14 in the same chapter, just three verses down, 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed from death, that is spiritual death, living in a state of separation from God unto life. How do we know it? Because we love the brethren. Because we love the brethren. The body of Christ, the people of God. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. He that loveth not his brother remains in death, spiritual death. You're not saved, neither am I, if we don't have a love for the people of God. It could not be clear, my friends. I'm going to begin in verse 10 again and read through verse 16, 1 John 3. In this, perk your ears up because he's going to tell us, in this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. That phrase appears 12 times in the Bible, the New Testament, love one another, love one another. It's a command. And that doesn't mean love one another, loving all those who see every non-essential the way you do. No. We're to receive the body of Christ, every member, even as Christ has received them. Romans 15, 7. It's not our prerogative to choose who we are and who we are not going to receive. If, if a person is a member of the body of Christ, that we are 
are to receive that. And being a member of the body of Christ does not mean you have to be fully mature in all of your doctrine or that you have to agree with other believers on non-essential issues. So verse 11, for this is the message that we heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. Cain was of who? He was of the devil. He was very religious, but he was of the devil. He did religion in his own way. And that's what some of us are doing. We're trying to do things our own way and then tack God's name onto it instead of living by the prescription he gave us in the Bible, of which at the top of the list would have to be love. Love is all over the New Testament scripture, and we're promised that we are nothing before God spiritually. We don't even know him if we don't have a love for the brethren, and even if we have all faith so that we can remove mountains, and we have all knowledge. We know the whole Bible. we got it memorized. You know, we're endless stream of information, but we don't know the Lord. We're All of our so-called serving of God is in vain. We're nothing. We're not even saved. You see, walking with God, the sum total of walking with God is not just putting facts about God in your mind and even being able to quote scripture. No, you got to have a life with God in the spirit. You see, you got to know him who is love. God is love. God is love. And if you know him, you have love and you love your brothers. And that means you're not walking in emulations, which is a work of the flesh. And if you're walking in emulation, what is emulations? It means striving to excel at the expense of another, trying to one up, trying to carry yourself in such a way that you make sure everybody knows that you're the man of the hour with the knowledge to discern and teach. That's not what a Christian is. I didn't say that's not important. It's important to teach discernment. But if we don't have love, we don't have no business teaching at all. We don't even have a walk with God. You see, if you're not walking in love, it's because you're not walking with the Lord, because God is love. You see, uh, the next chapter, chapter 4, verse 16, says, He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. For God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. It's the clear, tangible proof that a person is truly of God or not of God, whether or not he walks in love. I'd rather die walking in the spirit, walking in a relationship, walking in love. They all go together. They're married. They're intertwined with God than having the whole Bible memorized. And man, you know, I believe in knowing the word. The word of God testifies that we are to know the word of God. Let thine heart retain my words, Proverbs 4, 4, etc., etc. But I'd rather die having the love of God and knowing no scripture memorized than to die knowing the whole word of God memorized and not have the love of God. I tell you what, if I die, use me if you don't mind for an example, having the whole Bible memorized, teaching it every day, and I don't have the love of God, it proves I don't have a relationship with God, and I am going to be terminated into the bowels of eternal damnation. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. If you don't have a love of God, you are a worker of iniquity. All of your so-called ministry and things that you learn and do are of no consequence to God. They're an abomination to the Lord, actually, according to Proverbs. Because what you're doing is you're rendering your own sacrifice like Cain did. See, verse 12, not as Cain, who was, it's Genesis 4, who was of that wicked one. He was of the devil and slew his brother. And wherefore, why slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. There's a lot of people slaying other members of the body of Christ with their tongue. As several Christians testified this week that they're under great attack. They're under great attack. From who? They specifically said it wasn't from the world. It was from those claiming that 
know Christ. Cain is the very brother of Abel, Genesis 4, and yet he slew him. Why? Because his own works were evil and his brothers righteous. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is witnessing through many Christians that right now is the hour of separation per se. There's a lot of unity going on among the true believers, and they're being separated from those who seem to be true but really aren't. The chafe is being divided and separated from the wheat. We read in the dialogue or the dissertation of Jesus concerning the last days that many false prophets would arise in the last days. He gives us the signs that we're in the final days, and one of them is that the love of many is waxing cold. The love of many is waxing cold. The love of many who once knew the Lord have become foolish virgin believers, and they're not ready to meet the bridegroom, and they're beating the manservants, the other servants of the Lord. They're manifesting themselves as the chafe. They have become chafe because they have not walked in a relationship with the Lord. They did not keep the oil of his spirit in their heart, in their vessels. They didn't continue in a relationship with the Lord. They spent more time serving than they did sitting at his feet. Mary chose that good or better part. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and truly love him and learn of him and be filled with his divine virtue. Folks, Jesus came and he told us that the reason why he came was so that we'd know him and the Father. John 17, 3. That is a paramount cornerstone verse for your life. You either know him or you don't. And if his love is not emanating from your personal life daily, it's because you don't know him, beloved. But the good news is that you can repent and turn to the Lord, confessing, Lord, help me, Jesus. Forgive me for not loving and seeking you and for not loving your people. Please forgive me. Receive me, Jesus, through your holy blood. Refresh me. Restore me. I love you, Lord. Give me a heart of flesh and take away the stony parts of my heart, Lord. Fill me with your love. Let it be once again shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Let me increase in love to you and to your people. Hallelujah. A prayer like that, folks, would be that of breaking up your fallow ground and sowing not among thorns and the Lord will surely rain down his righteousness upon you. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 4, 3 and 4. We need to pray that the Lord would cleanse our hearts from all filthiness and to fill us with his love. Truly make us his disciples. By this shall all men, Jesus said, know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. If you don't love the body of Christ, you don't know the Lord. The good news again is that you can turn to the Lord today and call upon him and he will rescue you before it's too late. Now, those that are slandering the body of Christ, other members, they don't know the Lord. They're like Cain. They're slowing, slewing or slaying their own brothers, which identifies them as truly not being brothers. I mean, it amazes me what goes on among those who claim to be Christian. Unbelievable. You see, what we don't realize, friends, is that the enemy has planted tares. These are witches and warlocks that are posing as brothers and sisters, and they can hide behind a computer or whatever else their guise is. They're wolves in sheep's clothing and feign to know the Lord and they don't know him. How do we know that? They don't have the love of God. It's the earmarked proof that they know God or don't know God. We're reading that right here. We read that throughout the scripture. In fact, 1 John 4, 8 says, he that loveth not knoweth not God. If you don't walk in love, beloved, you do not know the Lord. You do not know the Lord. If you see somebody not walking in love, you need to flee them, rebuke them and flee them, correct them. If they don't repent and get in 
of the Spirit with the Lord. You see, Jesus said that they that worship the Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. There's people out there that are worshiping Him their way. They just lay up truth, but they don't have the love of God. And they're wielding the sword of His Word under their own power and direction as they're self-appointed. You see, God isn't going to use me or you unless we have a relationship with Him in the Spirit. we got to keep ourselves in the love of God, beloved. Jude, verse 20 and 21. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God. You see, you don't have a walk with God if you don't choose to know Him and worship Him in the Spirit according to the truth. John 4, 23 and 24. It's not enough to just be worshiping Him and preaching His Word of truth. You've got to know Him in the Spirit. you got to know Him in the Spirit, or you don't know Him at all. God is a Spirit, and they that worship the Lord must worship Him in Spirit and in truth, and not in the gospel truth. Some people think they can just read the Bible only and not open their heart to the Lord, and that they're worshiping Him. They're like Cain. They're doing things their own way. They're not doing things God's way, because the Lord told us that to worship Him, you must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. Not just in truth. There's a lot of people who want attention drawn to themselves. So they lay up knowledge and, and people listen to them. So they feel good about themselves, but they're not walking in the spirit. They don't love the Lord. That's obvious because they don't love his people. They don't love his people. They don't have hospitality. They don't have tender mercies. They don't have any concern for his people. They don't have the love of God. You see, not as Cain, verse 12, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother. Those that are slaying their brothers and sisters with words and unmerciful thoughts and condemnation don't know the Lord. They're like Cain who was of that wicked one. They're of the wicked one too. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Cain's works were evil. He offered the sacrifice he chose. That's what a lot of people are doing today. They offer the sacrifice they choose. They want to, you know, smorgasbord their relationship with God. It's easy enough for them to read and learn the facts, but they're not willing to open their hearts and walk with God in the spirit in an intimate relationship, ever drawing nigh unto Christ to know him. That's what Paul's whole goal was, was to know him. First John 1, 3 says that our fellowship is with the father, with the son. Do you have fellowship with God, the father and his son? The Bible speaks in Jeremiah 30, 21 of those who engage their hearts to seek the Lord. You see, if you know the Lord, it's because your heart is engaged. The affections of your heart are on Christ and on the Father. This is where the Holy Spirit directs the person that's truly given over to the Lord. If you're not surrendered fully to the Lord, He's not working in your life in that way to direct you toward Jesus, setting your affections on things above, not on things here. You're obstinate. You're in rebellion. God's calling you to repent. And when you do, He's going to take away the stony parts of your heart and give you a heart of flesh. And then you're going to begin to let your words be that of grace. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. See, Abel, his righteous brother, Cain's righteous brother, was in right standing before God. He did the thing. He did what God said to do. He offered the sacrifice the Lord told him to offer, a blood sacrifice. See, he obeyed the Lord circumspectly or fully. He didn't pick and choose. Cain brought a sacrifice and so did Abel, but Cain's was 
was self-willed, coming out of the self-willed heart, a heart that was not given over to the Lord. He didn't follow the Lord's instruction to offer a sacrifice that was prefiguring Christ, one of blood. He offered a cursed sacrifice. He took up the ground which had been cursed because of the fall of man in the previous chapter, Genesis 3. But Abel was righteous. Abel is our brother. He's in Hebrews 11. He's an example of the faith. He offered a sacrifice pleasing to the Father, and so should we. We shouldn't just try to know Scripture, God's Word, without knowing God Himself. That's what the Pharisees did in John chapter 5, right? John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, Jesus said that the Pharisees thought they had eternal life in just knowing the Scriptures. But He said, they are they which testify of me, but you won't come to me. You won't come to me. John 5, 39 and 40, search the Scriptures, Jesus said, for in them you think, he's talking to the religious Pharisees. They knew the Scriptures. They knew the Scriptures better than anybody around today, that's for sure. I believe they had to have the first five books of the Bible memorized by the age of 12. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. They reveal me. And ye will not come to me that you might have life. They wouldn't come to Jesus, so if they did, they would have had eternal life. He says they don't have eternal life. Why? They won't come to him. But yet they knew the scriptures. See, there are people today that know the scriptures. They don't know the Lord. Why? Because they won't come to him. They will not yield their hearts. They will not cry out to God. They will not spend time in prayer. They will not spend time in praise. Why? They're full of self, full of pride. They're not willing to humble themselves and honor God the way he said. Over and over, the Bible says, praise the Lord. Sing unto the Lord. Let him increase and you decrease. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Jesus said, come unto me. You see, there's a lot of people that are listening that need to come unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, so that he can finish the good work he began in them, and not lose them, because they will not choose to come to him the way he prescribed. There's a few that need to put their Bible down and get into the Spirit, get into prayer, obey the Bible. You know the Bible good, obey it. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Obey the word of God. Pray without ceasing. Men are always to what? Pray and not to faint. Luke 18, 1. It's not enough to know the facts. It's not enough to just do work for God. All of our work, all of our knowledge, all of our understanding, all of our faith is in vain. It's in vain if we don't know him and we don't. If we do know him, we have his love in us. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want to encourage you, beloved. Many of you already walk in love. You probably walk in a lot more love than I do. I'm sure you do. I'm just trying to obey God and minister his word. Listen to 1 Corinthians 13. I want to encourage you to read this chapter, beloved, every morning, every day for the next five days. Will you do that? 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, my Christian life in the eyes of God is just a bunch of distorted noise. Oh, I might have menful. I might have 
men dazzled and thinking that I'm something because I pray in the spirit. I pray out loud. I let them know that I pray in tongues. Look at me. But in God's eyes, my state, my spiritual state is but a bunch of noise. Verse two. And though I have the gift of prophecy, even the gift of prophecy that operates accurately and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. I know the whole Bible. I can tell you all the parables and every single spiritual truth of the parables and of scripture. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I I am nothing. I am nothing. Faith to remove mountains. You know, there could be a person that's known to be able to pray for people and God brings it to pass. And yet the person, if they have no love, I'm not saying they don't, but if they don't, they're nothing in the eyes of God. They're not even saved. Verse three, I didn't say they weren't saved in the past, but they've fallen away. Why? They left the first love. Revelation 2, 4, and 5, return to the Lord. That's the message. The Ephesians were able to discern greatly. They discerned the false apostles among them. Jesus said, good job. Revelation 2, 1 through 8 or 7. But then he said, I have someone against you because you've left your first love. So everything else is in vain if we don't keep Jesus as our first love. That's what the five foolish virgins did. They did not keep Jesus as their first love. And therefore, they ran out of fuel. They ran out of his virtue, his spirit in their heart. And when he came, the door was shut. It was too late. They were done. They were shut out of the kingdom. And many of us who claim to know the Lord and even know scripture and even teach it and preach it and write it are going to be shut out. Why? Because we were like Martha. We want to be busy about the Lord's work, but we don't want to sit at his feet like Mary. We don't want to get to know him. We don't want to obey the Bible that we claim to teach in its full counsel. Where Jesus said right there in Matthew 6, when you pray, enter into your closet and close your door. Seal yourself off from the world and pray to the Father. Commune with God. And he that seeth in secret will reward you openly. The reward of God is only upon the anointing, the blessed love and grace and mercy and truth of God rightly used. It's only upon those who spend time with God. They spend more time with God than they do out preaching for God. They spend time in the spirit with the Lord and therefore they're wielding the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God correctly as directed by the one who gave the word of God. You cannot and will not, neither will I, rightly use the word of God unless we're in right communion with the one who gave it. Let me finish with this. Proverbs 15, verse 1 and 2. A soft answer turneth away wrath. What kind of answer turns away wrath? A soft answer. But grievous words stir up anger. So many times when we disagree with someone, we blast them with the truth because we're so all-knowing, aren't we? But it's a soft answer that turns away wrath. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Verse 2, Proverbs 15. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge right or the right way, but the mouth of the fools poureth out foolishness. Verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. God is watching our hearts, and I tell you, our hearts are not right unless we're in right communion with him who gave us our heart. We cannot shortcut the system, folks. You might not like the monotony as you view it at this time, praying and waiting upon the Lord and seeking him and communing with him in the spirit, but it's a non-negotiable. If you're going to know him, if you're going to be with him eternally, you got to watch and pray. Jesus spoke often about his return and he said, 
that only those that are watching and praying are going to be ready for his return. If you're not watching and praying, you're not ready for his return, even if you're being used to preach to his body. And he might even be using you in that regard, but you're not ready for his return. You can call the son of God a liar if you want. I'm not going to do it. He made it clear that you're not right with God and you're not ready for the return of Jesus unless you're waiting upon the Lord. You're watching and praying. Let me read it again. Verse 2. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge of right, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. Notice the tongue of the wise does what? The wise person, the person truly walking in the wisdom of God does what? He uses knowledge aright. You can't possibly do that. Neither can I. We cannot wield the word of God, the sword of the spirit, without being in communion daily with him who is a spirit. And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Then you're going to be filled with the righteous attributes of God and be able to rightly put forth his word and cease to put it forth as a rusty sword destroying people. And infecting them with your murderous, hateful heart as Cain did who slew his own brother. Please take these words of God to heart. God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.